A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chopper B. Quinnell, your Jam That Champion. I'm joined by my intangible co-host, Tempest the Wrestler. Quizomania champion, Tempest. I, I forgot like half your intro. Your Quizomania champion, Tempest the Wrestler. Hi, Tempest. Yeah, it's it's okay. I haven't defended this stupid crown in like <laughs> a month and a half. <laughs> we lost the last Quizomania by quite a bit. Uh-huh. Trivia just doesn't exist around these parts anymore. It's fine. We just have to like blow someone else up to get people to do trivia on this stupid show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be fine. It's whatever. It's yeah. you know, and I saw a lot of people in the comments blaming me, and you know, you're right, but that's not the point. Okay. Just just be nice, all right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> even though it I, definitely was my fault, that's not the point. I don't even know that it was. I think it was just a, a, a poor performance on both of our parts all around. Yeah, maybe. To you be know? fair, there was a lot of stuff where it was just like, I don't know, if you get the same thing as your teammate, then maybe you'll win. And it's like, well, you know, we we, we, we kind of got thrown together. You know, we're, we're still in the, the infancy phase of our brotherhood compared to, you know, someone like Kayla and Alex or Steven Larson, you know, been doing this for years. As, you know, yeah. we're still working out the kinks. That's yeah. That's yeah. my excuse anyway. Yeah. <laughs> if only we had guessed Dexter Loomis. Dude, worst, I was so mad. I was so mad about that because you were totally right. You are 100% right. And I, I didn't believe you. And I didn't believe, you know, where are these people? Where are those people that hate the Dexter <laughs> Loomis gimmick? Because they're not on our reviews or NXT. Let me tell you. No, listen, people. Come to me, feel <laughs> me, listen to my voice, and come and support your boy on the NXT podcast. I need more rational thinking people to back me up mm-hmm. when I say that Dexter Loomis is like the worst character in wrestling. Yeah. And I've got all of these marks telling me that, oh, I'm, I just have a crush on Indy Hartwell. I don't understand. I've never been in love. I don't know mm-hmm. what love is. No, I need you smart, rational fans to come and back me up and know yeah. what's good. I just, maybe, you know what it is? It's because we get all the loud ones and the loud ones are the ones that really like it. Whereas the people that stay quiet, 
that don't talk in the chats or whatever, but just watch our reviews and enjoy and don't comment or be in the live chat or anything. They're the ones that are agreeing with us silently, but it's just the loud ones that are in the chat. We appreciate all the people that chat, by the way. You make a very fun environment with a live chat. But the people who chat are the ones that are idiots. I mean, the people that like <laughs> this Loomis. <laughs> I'm only me- uh, I'm only messing. You're allowed to have opinions. I'm only messing. Don't take it too seriously. Um, yeah, no, but I I couldn't really that answer in particular really wound me up because I was like I, I was like was so close, was so close. Yeah. I mean, we would have got a ton of points for that, right? For yeah, how many we would have got? Yeah. But a few. That was infuriating. But it's fine. We can do it another time. Plus, we've still got our single stuff, which is what we really wanted. We wanted the singles quiz and we need title. And we wanted the singles. Obviously, the singles jam that championship because we don't have a tag jam that championship, and if we do, it's a really bad idea, Ollie. Um, he's pitched that before, and we've been like, Ollie, that's too many belts. <laughs> we can't do t- we can't do j- tag jam that championships. That's a really bad idea, buddy. Um, anyway, let's talk about SmackDown, and we talk about some other stuff afterwards. Um, SmackDown and Rampage. I should say. Sh- I should say. Sh- I, I should say. Sh- I should say. Sh- the first thing we're going to be talking about is why does WWE hate hometown heroes? Why? The, why do they do that? What, what's up with that? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about this thing first, because Bianca Belair had a homecoming, a Knoxville homecoming celebration, basically. She's from Knoxville and proud, and she's there, and they had video packages showing her, like, her her youth in Knoxville and all the athletic uh, accomplishments from Knoxville and all that stuff, and she came out, and here comes... It's Kane! Mayor Kane is here! It's Kane! It's Kane! And... I made the joke in the editor review, and he's not wearing a mask. Um, because he doesn't like masks. Yeah, no, I got you. I got you. But Kane wears a mask. It's a funny joke. Anyway, um, he uh, (laughs) he came out, and I was like, "Oh, Kane, that's pretty cool." You know, Knox County Mayor makes a lot of sense. Comes out, brings out Bianca Belair, and gives her a key. Yeah, it was like a wooden key. I don't know what that means, but okay, sure. You get the key to the city. What does that mean? What does that do? Uh, I don't know. You get to put it in your house. You get a big (laughs) key. No, you know what it is? It's a big old master key. You can open Mm. any any room in the entire city one time. Use it to get into a bank vault. Maybe you could take some money, but they close it and you can't get out. Exactly. Use it one time. Be smart with it. (laughs) It's a Kingdom Hearts key. It's a Keyblade. It's what it is. It's a Keyblade. Yeah, she should have hit <laughs> Becky with it. She would have won. Which, <laughs> sure, whatever. She got. To, she gets a key. Great. Um, but then out comes Becky. Uh, she, they started singing like a Knoxville song. I guess. Sure. I guess that's a thing. Sure. Um, sure. They, they, they. Everyone's happy singing along. Great. Out comes Becky Lynch. Um, boo, Becky. She comes out and she says, "Hey." Tonight's not my night. I know that. I've never been to a homecoming before. SummerSlam was my night. Extreme Rules is probably going to be my night. But tonight, tonight's your night. So I just want to come in here, shake your hand. You know, I'm just being the bigger man right now. Which is funny, because he's the man. Um, 
and she goes to shake the hand. Bianca shakes the hand. Becky goes to walk away. Bianca holds on. That's important. Bianca is the one that holds on. She goes to turn around. Becky goes into it. She goes for a KOD, gets countered, manhandle slam. Becky stands tall and walks away. And that's the end of the show. So Bianca's the one that initiated the um, offense, the uh, physicality. And she's the one that finishes on her back. Um, And Becky walks away and the crowd goes, oh. And us at home go, uh, I didn't go, oh, boo, Becky. No, you didn't let her have her thing. No, boo. This was not heel heat. This was, oh, for God's sake, why didn't you just let Bianca stand tall for once? And this has become a running meme at this point with WWE that they never have hometown people win because think of the heel heat, brother. Why? Tempest, can you explain to me why? Yeah, I've got a few lines of thought on this, so bear with me. Mm. Okay, number one, I assume, because I've heard this discussion in the past, where mm-hmm. I assume that this originates back to, like, the day, the dog days of WCW, where they're like, oh, we can beat Ric Flair in the Carolinas and get some heat, you know, when they would, you know, run the Carolinas just all the time, and maybe, maybe you would get something out of that, but even still... I've seen no proven success in beating someone in their hometown ever. So that's one thing. So I think that's the, the origin of the thought process. We'll beat some heat and get people to come back next time and then see the baby face prevail. The only problems with that is the second part of that never happens. The baby faces never prevail in their hometown ever, ever. And it's never been proven to draw a bigger number in that building because the other issue with that is WWE doesn't run towns like regularly. Mm-hmm. They don't run a cycle of we're going to do this state and we're going to come back to it in another month and draw another house. They run every town once or twice a year. And by the time the tickets go on sale for the next show, six months later, People aren't going to be like, oh, I really hope uh, Bianca Belair gets her win back over Becky Lynch. Remember that? No, they're just going to be like, oh, I remember not having fun the last time I went to a WWE show. Maybe I won't go. Because the other part of this is WWE keeps wanting to say, oh, we like to put smiles on people's faces, which is just a blatant lie. They hate their fans and they don't want their fans to be happy. Show me any proof to the contrary. They don't want people to be happy. And it it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And then you can look to the other side of things where you've got AEW, this company that a lot of people really like and have a lot of positive feelings towards. And every chance they get, they give their hometown people a big match and a big win. And everyone goes home happy. Yeah, and the thing is, it this doesn't just apply to the crowd that's in person either, because it, I think what makes this one in particular, because it's been going on for years and years that WWE never lets hometown heroes succeed, right? I think what makes this one particularly egregious is we literally just had a perfect hometown thing going in AEW with uh, Brian Pillman Jr. and John Moxley in Cincinnati, right? I don't have to be from Cincinnati to enjoy Brian Pillman and John Moxie having good fun crowd moments in Cincinnati. I understand 
that's my boy, I'm going to cheer for them. I can understand those people feeling that, and I can have the same happy feeling as those guys, even though they're not my hometown boys. I buy into the crowd's happy feeling. It doesn't work when the crowd doesn't have the happy feeling. It's uh, That's just how it is. And the thing is, I've heard that, you know, Becky versus Bianca happened as a dark match after the show. Great. So the crowd then got to see probably Becky win <laughs> because she's still the champion. <laughs> but even if Bianca won in some screwy finish that she didn't get the title or whatever, um, then that, that still doesn't make up for the actual TV show ending for uh, with Becky standing tall. That whole homecoming segment ended on a down note. And even if they then try to replicate that for a dark segment. I've been to TV tapings. You can tell when it's a dark segment. You know the show has ended. That's the end point. Anything you get after that is just like, oh, this is a bit of non-canon extra fun, whatever. You can have a bit of fun after, but the, the ending sentiment that you still maintain is that it ended on a down note. And I understand the idea of getting someone heel heat. I understand the, the principle of it, of making the crowd boo you because you beat up the hometown person. I understand the principle. However, if you're going to do something like that, you need to make it worth it. This was not worth it. If you had had it where Bianca's celebrating with her family, her family come into the ring and they're all celebrating and, and celebrating Bianca's big achievements and stuff, and Becky comes in and beats up her dad, maybe that might be worth it because that might be some really good heel heat. If she comes in and it's just like, I'm going to rain on all sorts of your parade. I'm going to beat up your family. That will probably get some pretty big boos. Her just laying out Bianca for the lols when Bianca started it as well. It's just makes your baby faces look really dumb. Yeah. And that's an important part of it too. Cause again, there's a lot of layers to how dumb and stupid this is because <laughs> Like you said, this happens on TV. So I'm sitting there watching and I'm like, hmm, I really want to see my hometown person when they come to Toronto. God knows when, whenever people can get across the border. But I really want to see when people come to Toronto. I watched this and I was like, man, when they come to Toronto, they're going to kill Edge again. Edge will come back and get murdered in his hometown because, oh, what great heel heat, brother. And it makes me not want to watch the show. It makes me not want to watch the show even more. And there are ways to make both things happen here. You can get Becky some heel heat and also have Bianca not look like a total idiot initiating this fight and just losing. Mm -hmm. She lost a clean fight here that she started in her hometown because she's a bad baby face. You don't have to do that. That mm -hmm. services no one. Because another problem with this, you gotta you gotta get heel heat on Becky Lynch. All this company ever does is get heel heat. The baby faces like never stand tall at the end of the show. When you get a moment like Big E winning the WWE championship on Raw, that is an aberration. That is not the norm. Every other time, it's all oh, Bobby Lashley beats down the baby face and leaves them laying every single week. And so when it happens every single week and you have an opportunity to have a really cool baby face moment in someone's hometown and you elect to once again go with the heel heat, you are just wasting 
every opportunity that you have to get baby faces over. And I just, I will never understand it. I'll never understand it. No, I, I, I genuinely don't get it. And it's, and it's, it's having that. I don't want to keep talking about AEW because that's coming later, but it's having that very successful hometown record that they have with Britsburg and CM Punk in Chicago and Cincinnati for Moxley and, and Brian Pillman. Like they have all these things that mean so much more because they happen in people's hometowns. And you can see that it works in another company to have the, the, even if they're a heel like Britt Baker, have them be a baby face in their hometown for someone like that. that that's important. You get the big hometown reaction like that. It works. You can see it works. There's a track record of it working, and WWE go, nah. Yeah. <laughs> like I, ju- I just, I don't understand. I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't yeah. want this to be like a WWE versus AEW thing. But you can see it working. Mm, exactly. You've got the proof. The evidence is right, right there. And yeah. you, oh, whatever. This company, this company, this company, man, it's a heel company. It's to heal company. To not, to not go off on like a total side rant here, but that's a large reason why AEW is so popular. Because mm-hmm. WWE, the company as a whole, is the heel. Yeah. And is? AEW yeah. is the babyface company. Because <laughs> they want to give you what you want, like your baby faces winning in their hometown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you're totally right. Did I didn't even think about that? The WWE heels—they really are. They're actually yeah. heels. Good God! Wow. We're the authority, That's, guys. Yeah, we're, the, we're authority. the authority. Jesus Christ! Don't even. Don't even. Um. Anyway, let's get into some ultra chats. Let's see what you guys think about the show. Uh, also, oh, sorry, just before we do, I just want to bring this up because they did just mention a very good point. Layla Hirsch, hometown loss Wednesday night in AEW. Yes, you're right. I believe that you and Luke spoke about that on the AEW podcast this week. Yeah, we went into a pretty decent amount of detail about it and why it still works and how you can kind of get someone over and defeat in their hometown if they're like a really low level star. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're a featured talent, then you should probably win and everything. It, it makes sense, believe me. Uh, old chats, get them in at wrestletalk.com forward slash support, and we'll go through all of the ones that are five bucks and up by the time the show goes off the air. Um, Lakshmi Narasimhan B. Sorry if I butchered that name. Sean lost the Royal Rumble in 2007 in San Antonio. Even Brock Lesnar was attacked by Taker in Minnesota, so not surprising that Bianca got beat up. Would have been cool if Mayor Kane went to the back and showed up all masked up to make the save, though. <laughs> Can you imagine if he just came out and choke slammed Becky? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hang on, I'll be right back. I need, I need my mask. <laughs> he would never say that. It's Kane. He would not. He would never ever say that. Am I just making the same joke again? Yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> Sue me. Yeah, I do think it's like. It's it's slightly different when the hometown match is like 
in a in a pay per view setting, you know, mm-hmm. at least in my mind, because to me a pay per view should be like the core moments of a story, mm-hmm. right? And if your if your babyface winning in their hometown doesn't fit the narrative of the story at that moment, I don't think you should sacrifice the story for that. Yeah, but TV is very much not that. Yeah, where you can do anything on TV and make it work. Mm-hmm. You know, like if if you need to do something like one story moment, you can wait till next week and give the baby face a big moment where it's like, I would not have had Shawn Michaels just win the Royal Rumble because it was in his hometown. Yes. You know, like that's a really big change. Let's talk about SmackDown as a whole. Let's get into the show. <clears throat> so, we started off with a recap of Edge and Rollins from last week. And then the Bloodline came out. And then we got a recap of Lesnar and Reigns from last week. Then we got back to the ring. And then we got a recap of the, uh, Demon Finn Balor from last week. I hate this show. <laughs> Three recaps. And I the know... Bloodline haven't even finished an entrance yet. I know I talked about this last week. But I hate that this show. I can just not watch the first 10 minutes of SmackDown. Because nothing happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Get to the point. Yeah. Uh, but, okay. I hated that. Hated the recaps. It was literally like three minutes into the show and two and a half minutes of it was recaps. Hated it. Right. After that, though, Paul Heyman did a promo. It's a great promo because it's Paul Heyman. Uh, just saying that, saying that Reigns fears no beast, no demon, but everyone fears Roman. That was cool. And then... Big E came out, new WWE champion Big E. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Cause you know, he was teasing the whole cashing in on Roman thing. They had the backstage thing with Heyman. I'm sure he's got really something fun to say. Big E, you got something fun to say, right? Big E, you gonna, you gonna say something fun, something interesting? No, here comes Finn Balor before Big E says anything. And then it goes to an ad break and it's Balor and Big E versus the Usos. Wait, what? Why? Huh? We're getting a reason why Big E's here? We're getting a reason for this match put together? No? Cool. Yeah, I'm just getting a, a, a fun tag match, but a random oh, tag match. Oh, it was very fun. Sure. It was very fun. I really enjoyed the tag match. Why is it happening? <laughs> why is Big E here? He's been officially moved to Raw now. I don't get it, but that's okay. Um... Yeah, I my note after this, after the came out from the ad break and it's just the tag match started, saying, This is missing a crucial part of storytelling. Why the match is happening. Because <laughs> they brought out they did the bits, they put all the pieces in motion of having the bloodline come out, then you have Big E come out, and then you have Bala come out, but then they, they 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 missed the one bit where they actually made the match. Where you had like, I challenge you to a match. That that's it. That's what you needed. That is it. That's the whole thing. That's all you needed. But they just it just didn't have it. <laughs> it's very confusing, but that's fine. Um, the match itself, though, very fun. I really enjoyed basically the whole final segment from Biggie's hot tag to the finish. I thought was really good. Um, lots of exciting offense back and forth. Loads of like cool back and forth moments with super kicks and, and big throws and stuff like that from Biggie. Cool ending moment of them hitting a big ending and a, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced, co-op de Gracky. Um, and uh, Ian Balor kind of hit the moves at the same time. He gets the victory. So 
tag champions got pinned, but on the other side of the match was your number one contender to the Universal title and your new WWE champion. So neither team is great if they lose. Exactly. That's the problem, because I, mm. liked, I liked the match. I thought it was a fun match, and I liked that Big E got a win. You don't, These are two teams that should not be losing. Yeah. You got your number one contender and your WWE champion, and then your WWE SmackDown tag team champions. It's the same thing that we've always done in this company, where this, the tag titles just don't mean anything. Mm-hmm. They don't mean anything. Else, and yeah. side note, I found it funny when Pat McAfee's like, look at main event Jey Uso in the opening match. <laughs> yeah. I get that that's, that's just like his main name. Event. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it was like last week, and they, there was uh, the DQ. The Face the Street Profits in Madison Square Garden. Look at my, look at my memory brain. The best kind of brain. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Don't beat your tag champions. No. Stop that. Stop yeah. doing that. And for those saying that we that means we wanted Biggie and and Balor to lose, no, just don't book the match. Yeah, but you can book a better match. And also, apparently, I didn't hear this because I don't really listen to commentary that much. Um, apparently, Michael Cole said it was a championship contenders match. I no, I Is don't. It? I don't believe it. No, I don't believe it. Nope. Uh, if it if it was, no, it's not. <laughs> I'm just I mean, I'm just ignoring them. I mean, it, WWE uh, aren't going to treat it like it is one. It's not like they're going to get a tag title match out of this. Nope. I'm just ignoring championship contenders matches forever. They don't mean anything. Still waiting for Shotzi and Knox to get that tag title match. Oh, God. Which they're not getting because it's Rhea and Nikki that are challenging for it now. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. Reigns is backstage after the match. Yes, and, talk about um, good stuff. He speaks to Heyman and just was like, is there something you want to tell me? Heyman's like, I know what you're getting at, but look, I didn't know Lesnar was going to be there at SummerSlam coming off last week where Lesnar said, why didn't you tell Reigns I was going to be there at SummerSlam? And uh, he basically spun the narrative basically saying like, Lesnar fears you. I've known him for ages and he like, I've never seen him show fear, but I, sh- I, he's, I saw fear in his eyes last week and I, how I know that he's scared is because he likes to spin false narratives when he's scared. And this is what he's doing. He's lying. I didn't know he was going to be at SummerSlam. Rain says, well, then is he going to be extreme rules? And Heyman's like, no, of course not. And he said, well, how do you know? Uh, he, did, he, did, he didn't give me that impression. And he's like, I don't pay you to have impressions. I pay you to know in advance. I was like, oh, it's good. Oh, it's good, boys. And then I love <laughs> It's the same thing that he, that we talked about when it was him manipulating Jey Uso. Cause he's mm-hmm. such a dick. Mm-hmm. But it's so good. It's so, so good. He's such a perfect manipulator. And this yeah. is up against Paul Heyman, who is like the most masterful manipulator liar person in all of wrestling. Oh, I love this. I love Paul Heyman on this show, and I love Roman Reigns in any of these segments where he's just sowing dissent into his own little family. I mm-hmm. love it. It's so good. Yeah, it's great. Um, we then got Rick Boogs versus Robert Roode. Happened. Uh, and then uh, it's exactly the same as everything that's been happening for the last few weeks with Rick Boogs. And then after the match, Commander Aziz and Apollo Crews attack Nakamura and Boogs. Crews gets on the mic and says he wants a rematch for the Intercontinental title. Now, I was thinking, I was like, this feels off. Like, obviously, I know that 
Cruz doesn't have the best win-loss record, right? Since losing the title. I understand that. But this still feels like a bit weird that he's asking for this match. Sean Ross Sapp on Twitter. Thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> Cruz and Nakamura. Nakamura is 7-0 and since July against Apollo Cruz in singles and tag matches. 7-0. and He hasn't lost one time. Seven and zero. Oh. Why is this match happening? Cruz should not be gifted an Intercontinental Championship match, which is happening next week, because he keeps losing to Nakamura. I, why? It's a bad show. It's yeah. a poorly booked show. It is, and it it is incredibly draining to me to have to see this sort of thing every week because, like. It's like I forget. I wipe my brain of these shows after I've reviewed them. And I'm like, maybe next week it'll make sense. I don't know why, but I go into every show hoping that things will make sense. And then they don't. And I'm like, oh, my God. Again, if you want him to do well, just book him well. Yeah. It's super simple. It's easy. You want him to get a title match? Have him win the match on this show. Have a beat Rick Boogs. I don't care. Just have him win. Yeah. Jesus. Like, it's, it's not hard. It's, it's really not, not hard. hard. It's not. <laughs> um, It's fine. After that, we got a recap of Happy Corbin and Owens. Then Owens cuts a promo in Gorilla, saying that he's going to be Happy Kevin after he beats him. Goes out for a match with Corbin, but then Corbin attacks him from behind. Does a choke slam into the corner of the ring. And then that's it. Good segment, everyone. What a waste of time. <laughs> right? I'm sorry, so, y'all. I did not like this episode of SmackDown very much. No, I didn't either. This wasn't great. This was bad. I, God. What a waste of time. What? Who's over? Who's more over out of this? I, I don't know what's going to happen with Kevin Owens' contract situation. But I don't want it to happen already. <laughs> yeah. You know right. what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's let's reunite reunite Mount Rushmore or something. Mm-hmm. Like 100%. Save save my man Kevin Owens. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, uh after that, we then got something good. Well, let's talk about the pacing first because we got the second recap. <laughs> we got yeah. the second recap of Edge and Rollins on this show, which was a short one, 25 seconds. Mm-hmm. Cool. Seth Rollins makes his entrance out to the ring. Cuts to an ad break. We come back. It's Paul Heyman backstage. What? Okay. Right. He has another little fun interaction with Kayla Braxton. Still a really great that. interaction. Yeah. She's just like, Paul, and this man jumps <laughs> like two feet. He's like, oh, God. Yeah. I love, I love their interactions together. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman does a lot to bring out the greatness of his mm-hmm. backstage interviewers. When really no one else in the entire company does. It's very admirable. Totally. Um, Very fun interaction with Kayla backstage. And then he turns around and it's Big E still. Big E is still taunting him now that he's got the title. Um, Not the briefcase this time. And he's just saying that he's going to be facing Reigns at Survivor Series. Um, But then he turns away and he gets attacked by the Usos. Beatdown goes on for a little bit. And then Reigns comes in and kind of stands over Big E and it's like, uh, and then they walk off. And then it cuts back to Rollins. 
This man was standing in the ring for like 10 minutes. Dude, I timed it, right? There was a whole ad break, however long the ad break was, plus four minutes and 15 seconds of backstage promo. It's a long time for a man to just be standing in the ring. Goodness me. Yeah. Whatever. It's the the negative ones. It's these stupid little pacing things where I watch it and I'm halfway through this like never ending backstage segment. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Seth Rollins is still in the ring. Yeah. He's just watching this like we are. Why would you do that? And (sighs) what I don't understand is why they couldn't do the Corbin and Owen segment, then do the backstage segment, then do an ad break, then do Seth Rollins' whole segment. Like, that's the pacing fixed. You don't have to change any of the content, just change the order in which they happen. Yeah. And then it's sorted. Well, then we got Rollins' promo. And you know what? I thought it was brilliant. I loved this promo from Seth Rollins. I thought it was fantastic. Um, although, I will say, he threw to the third recap of Edge and Rollins on this show, this being the longest one. This one was two minutes and 15 seconds of something that we've already been recapped of twice. Come on, guys. Yeah. Whatever. But see, when he like threw to it and he was like, I can't even talk about it. I just want to show you. I was hoping it was going to be like a video package that he had produced. So it would have been like from Seth's perspective, you know, like one of those funny ones where it's just like, you know, the brave Seth Rollins bravely vanquished evil edge or whatever. So it's at least like something that furthers Seth's character. No, this was just a recap. It's just a video promo of last week's match. We've seen twice already. But then, after that, he cut an excellent promo, I thought, of him just being right. He was just right. Because everyone was saying, oh, Seth went way too far last week. And, you know, I I don't understand how he could do such a terrible thing. And he was like, I did a legal move in a legal match, which is the way that I've won the majority of matches in my career. Edge is the one that went too far. What did you think was going to happen when you stepped into the ring with me? This is Edge's fault. This is all your fault for egging him on. This is not my fault. And I was like, you know, he's kind of right. Because he is. He just made some very good points. And he says that he's not done with Edge. Once he's physically and emotionally ready to get back in the ring, they're going to fight one more time. And Seth is going to try and win. And he says he almost felt sorry for him in a split second as he was being taken into the ambulance. I really liked all of this. I think Seth's been doing some of the best promo work of his career in the last few mo- few months. Love this. I uh, I probably would agree more if this recap didn't take up so much time because, like, I was watching this with a friend and we were like, "Oh my god, he's still talking!" It just kept going. Like he was talking for That's at fair. least ten minutes. You know, yeah. and I I just don't have the energy in me to watch a 10-minute promo segment these days anymore. So that there was that. I did like the content of the promo. The promo itself was good. I'm kind of over the heel. I don't know if Fane's uh, regret or is the right mm-hmm. term. But, you know, like they do that a lot where it's just like the they heel do. is like, oh, did I do a wrong thing? No, <laughs> I would do it again. I would kill Edge if I had the chance. I was just like, I'm just kind of over that style of promo, but the matches have been good. I'm looking forward to seeing the match a third time. It's 
it's cool. I just, I wish it would have been a little bit shorter. And I don't think that's a problem with the promo. I think if you just take out the two minutes of seeing stuff we've already seen and it becomes like a seven or eight minute promo, I think it's a lot more bearable. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. Um, but yeah, the actual content, I think in the delivery of the promo, I thought was fantastic. Really, really mm-hmm. liked it. Um, we then had Becky backstage who says Extreme Rules will end the same way as SummerSlam. Thank you for that. And then Tempest, Tempest, sound the alarms. It's a women's match on SmackDown. Oh, how did that go, Pete? How'd the women's match on this show go? Oh, it was, mm, it was a women's match, wasn't it? So, okay. Positives out of this one. It's a women's match on the show. Well done. Two. Tony Storm was in it. Well hey. done. Oh my god, amazing! No, you did. You, know what, you did the bare minimum. Well done. You, you know, you know what the real positive was out of this mm. was that this crap match got cut from last week's show. Imagine all oh, everyone super like excited and heartfelt to see Zelina Vega wrestle. You know, mm. on the the. 9-11 themed episode of SmackDown and yeah. pay tribute to her father and they do this match. That would have sucked. I'm sure it still would have been cool for mm-hmm. her to wrestle and do it and everything, but man, you could just not do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let's just go through it. Tony Storm didn't get an entrance. It was Liv Morgan's music that was playing after the ad break. Sure, whatever. The match went about two minutes. Um, Liv Morgan did a spot where she kind of pushed Carmella's face into the turnbuckle with her feet, kind of sort of weird push thing. Sure, whether Carmella sells it like she's broken her nose, kind of similar to the Mandy Rose and Saray thing from NXT, right? Sells it like her nose is broken. It's just on the outside, just cradling her nose. And she just takes a count out loss because she doesn't get back in the ring because she's too worried about her nose, right? Fine. <laughs> Liv Morgan... Liv Morgan gets on the mic. (laughs) This is genuinely one of my favorite bits of the show. (laughs) Liv Morgan gets on the mic and says, Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your nose? Crowd go, Way. And she goes, Actually, I'm not sorry at all. Oh, sick bird, Morgan. You got him. Oh, I I felt it in my bones. What a a sick burn. Liv, you, you did it. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> it, was, it was so bad. <laughs> it was really bad. Um, but that's fine. She wants a match at Extreme Rules against Carmella. Another positive. A women's match that is not a title match on a pay-per-view. Wow. Well done. Liv- and you know what? I reckon if they actually give the match a little bit of time... I know that's a big ask in WWE. They actually care just a little bit about the match. I reckon this could be a lot of fun because I think Liv Morgan and Carmella are two of the most improved in-ring women's wrestlers in WWE right now. I genuinely think it could be quite fun. Mm-hmm. They just need to care. Yeah. Also, I just, I oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I just can't believe it. Like, I mean, I can because it's WWE mm. and this is who they are and what they do, but... Again, 
It's like the baby face in the hometown thing where you see people enjoying women's wrestling in other companies and seeing it done yeah. better everywhere else. And you can't just look at that and be like, hey, people like that. Let's do that. No, you got to do this where Carmella screams about not breaking her nose after going face first into a pillow. So sucks. the angle would have been fine. I think if they'd have done like a blood capsule, or some of that yeah. to like sell it through her hands, like you see blood pouring through her hands or something. That would have been cool, and I would have been totally sold in the visual. That would have been awesome. But then they even undermine that later, where they have a backstage segment, fine. and she's just fine. Like she takes her hand away, and Zelina Vega's like, "Oh, you're fine." She goes, "Oh, why well, still hate Liv Morgan? Like, what was the point in the whole thing then? Whatever. Yeah. That was dumb." Um, but we're getting a women's match on pay per view. Yay! That's not a title match. Yay! <laughs> Great. Uh, and I keep I, before before we quickly move on because I've yes. seen people uh, talk about this in the chat. This does come off. I'm no, just that good, don't. y'all. It's I'm just, just the, that the, good. The friction from the mask, you know, that's what it is. I'm um, just that good. Yeah, Street Profits cut a promo. It was good. Mm-hmm. I have shouldn't have any trouble beating these Usos. No, people can do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we then had that backstage promo with Carmella and Vega. Sure, and then we got a Finn Balor promo. It's very scripted, wasn't it? <laughs> Normal people don't talk like that. <laughs> it, I don't know, man. It's. He's this isn't Finn's Finn normal style as promo. This is just you not know, his style, dude. It's it's the old main roster Finn Balor. Yeah. It's when he was cutting a promo on Bray Wyatt, and they they merge the demon face onto his, and people are supposed to go, "Ooh, spooky!" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I look at it and I just go, "Oh my god!" Uh, look at this like eighth grade special effects transition that they're putting on, and then Pat McAfee's like. Oh, I've never seen anything like that before in my life. Oh, I, it's a show for freaking five-year-olds that we're watching. Yeah, it is. And kids is. don't watch it. If kids actually watched it, this wouldn't bother me. But yeah. it's it's not popular. Kids don't like this show. The only people watching this show are people like us who get paid to, the people that can't stop watching, and people over 50. Which of those three demographics wants to see something like this? I don't know, man. Um, <clears throat> do, do, you know, do you know what'll make you feel better, Tempest? What'll make me feel better, Pete? It's Dominic Mysterio versus Sami Zayn for the third time in four weeks. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I'll be positive. At least Sami Zayn's getting wins out of it. Yeah, that's good. I like Sami Zayn, and he doesn't get wins on this show. That's true. Yeah. Uh... Also, the match happened and Dominic just lost because he's bad now. Yeah. Can we go somewhere with the story? Is that possible? It's no. just the same. You have to beat him into the dirt. Make sure you know <laughs> he's a worthless loser that can't win wrestling matches without his daddy. Oh. <sighs> Anywho, we then got the announcement there's going to be the Bloodline versus the New Day on Raw. What? Okay. Yeah, Okay. Sure. Trying to make sure the dynamite doesn't beat him this week. I mean, sure, whatever. If you want to do that, go ahead. 
the thing is, okay, I've seen some people be like, and I, I, I agree, just like, I've seen a lot of people be like, why are you doing this on TV and not saving it for pay per view? I think you can put big matches on TV. That's fine. I, I understand people's sentiment about saving it for like Survivor Series or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you want to put it on TV, that's fine. I get it, right? I think where some people's trepidation comes from to play devil's advocate, because I, I don't have an issue with it being on Raw. I hope it's a good match. Uh, I think where some people's trepidation comes from is that WWE TV matches aren't good. That's the thing. And their pay-per-view matches are generally pretty good, especially when they're involving Roman Reigns. So if you want it to be given a lot of time, if you want it to be given the proper treatment that it should, you want it to be a WWE pay-per-view match. Whereas when people have the natural comparison to stuff like Danielson versus Omega that's coming up on a Dynamite show, AEW TV matches that are given the proper amount of time are very good. Mm. WWE TV matches, generally speaking, aren't great unless they're Edge versus Rollins from last week or Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns after WrestleMania. Yeah, that's it. My 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 only issue with this was that I figured this would be the Survivor Series match Me where too. you could do that and get away with not having to beat either Biggie or Roman. Like you just pin one of the Usos or like, I don't know, Xavier or something. You could do that and get away with not having to do that. But now I don't think they're going to do that match. And we'll probably just still get Big E versus Roman and just have Big E lose. And I don't want to see Big E lose anytime soon. I also think the Raw might have a screwy finish, which is another reason people might be a bit trepidatious about it because they don't want either team to lose. Either that or one of the Usos getting pinned or probably Kofi because they hate Kofi. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, it'll be a big match though. I saw that and went, "Wow!" Yeah, yeah, that's neat. Hopefully, that gets people to watch Raw because that's mm-hmm. the that's the point, right? Hopefully, it does that. Anyway, um, after the entrances for Dominic versus Sammy, I got ahead of myself. We then got the announcement of the Bloodline for New Day, uh, Bloodline versus New Day and Raw. Then we got a backstage promo with Sonya Deville and Naomi. And you know what? Really liked this promo from Naomi as well. Thought this was great mm-hmm. of her being like, "Hey." Sonya, still really want my match. And Sonya's just like, oh, you know, kind of like blows her off like she's been doing before. Naomi's like, look, I have been nothing but nice to you. I've been nothing but respectful. I've been asking politely. I don't want to ask politely anymore. I'm a former two-time SmackDown Women's Champion. I don't care what it takes. I will get my match. And I quite like the framing of this as well, where she kind of was walking up to it and the camera kind of panned off as Sonya was walking backwards and Naomi was walking into a close in the distance kind of thing. This was all really, really good. She'll get her match Mm -hmm. one way or another. Nice. Nice fire from Naomi. Really liked it. Yeah. I wish they'd kind of been doing something more like this since the beginning. Um, Because I think this is good. This is what you should be doing. Where, like, if if Naomi's being disrespected, she shouldn't take the disrespect. She should push back against that. And end on that beat. End with Naomi having the upper hand in the segment. And not just have Sonya be like, I'm the authority. Get out of my office. Or something. Yeah, You know? I'm just tired of seeing seeing authority figures belittle the act of wrestlers and stuff. Speaking of like authority that. figures, speaking of and, speaking of authority figures belittling wrestlers, during the Sami Zayn Dominic match, we then heard from the commentary that Naomi has been fined for insubordination to an official. Yeah. <laughs> How long has that been a thing? Because I'm pretty sure every wrestler has done what Naomi did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Whatever. Whatever. Okay. Sure. 
Also, yeah, so all of this, by the way, is all taking place during the Sami Zayn-Dominic match that we've already covered. Do you see how everything's really out of order and discombobulated? Yeah, that's SmackDown. Um, anyway, uh, we then got the main event segment that we already spoke about because Dominic lost to Sami. Uh, he, he, he hit a 619, Sami got the knees up, rolled him up, Sami wins. Then got the main event segment that we already spoke about, and that was the show. The show was poo-poo. It wasn't great. There are Seth a couple Rollins things I promo. liked. Seth Rollins promo was solid. I thought the yep. opening tag match was solid. Some of the yep. wrestling throughout the show was was decent. Mm-hmm. This is this is a bad show. Yeah, I, I had to listen. I had to listen to a certain a certain Louis Dangor talk about how great SmackDown was all of last year. How it should have mm. paid, placed so much higher in the Observer Awards for best best show of the year. And now I'm sitting here reviewing the show every week, and I have to watch shows like this. This is a two out of five show at best. I was not a fan. Yeah, I I think I liked it slightly more than you did. Uh, I liked the um, the Rollins promo I thought was amazing. The Naomi stuff I'm quite, quite intrigued by. I really liked the Biggie Bala Usos, um, the actual in-ring action of it. Uh, and I'm really liking the dynamic between Reigns and Heyman as well. Um, everything else was kind of not good. Uh, it's like a 2.5 for me. Like a high two, low three, somewhere in that range anyway. It's somewhere there. Um, going to the community tab, seeing what you guys thought in the poll. Uh, 60% of people voted for a three out of five show. Uh, 17% saying four, 9% saying two, 8% saying one, and 6% saying five. So there I, you go. I mean, genuinely, I would be so curious as to hear from the people that thought this was a five out of five show. I think they're probably, I think that both extremes are probably just people being like, eh, I'm just going to vote for whatever. Because we see it on like the AEW polls that people yes. still vote for one out of five and stuff like that. But even the people that said four out of five, it's like, what was so great on this show that you liked it that much? Three out of five, sure. That's kind of in the middle. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just yeah, curious. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's talk about let's Rampage, good, shall we? Yeah, let's talk about a good show. <laughs> about rampage because this rampage was very good i thoroughly enjoyed it um as always a one hour show absolutely flies by i genuinely can't say enough good things about doing a one hour show because it's amazing um and the show started off with as it has been on rampage starts off with the main event which is uh lucha bros versus butcher and blade for the aw tag team championships quite enjoyed this match there wasn't anything too flamboyant or anything crazy in this match particularly excuse me just solid psychology solid in-ring work had a really cool finishing spot i think yeah. that's the thing that will people that will really sell people on this match where um the blade ties pentagon's mask to the ropes so that he literally like can't move and if he does he's going to pull his mask off because the mask is going to stay on the ropes um so he's like well i can't i can't do anything phoenix is left by himself they're gonna get the win against phoenix but penta sacrifices his mask gets up the mask pulls off, hits a super kick onto uh, onto the butcher, and then like covers his face to try and like hide his face afterwards, allowing Phoenix to escape from it, get the roll up victory. Really cool finish, really unique, yeah. really cool. And uh, 
Nate on the website doing the live results, I think pointed out that not every match needs to be the match where you think both guys can win. Sometimes you mm-hmm. just want to go in there, expect the baby faces to win in a good match. Mm-hmm. And then that happens. And that's yeah. what we got here. You know, obviously the butcher and the blade weren't going to beat, uh, the Lucha brothers for the tag titles. I don't think anybody thought that was going to happen, but the match was really fun. And the Lucha brothers got the win with a cool finish. That's about as much as I could ask for at this stage. Yeah, totally. And you know, if they'd have had a a blow away, Oh my God match, it would have been amazing, but that would have exceeded the expectations. And this was the expectations, which was good. Yep. Absolutely. And then we got the setup for the really exciting match afterwards. Hmm. Yes. Take it away, Tempest. You, you you describe the next bit. So the Lucha Brothers get beat down after the match by Matt Hardy and his band of mm-hmm. merry men. And who comes out to make the save but Santana and Ortiz. And Chris Jericho's marking out on commentary for his boys, even though I don't think they've been in a segment together for what <laughs> while. But that being said, Santana and Ortiz are both baby faces, and they came to the mm-hmm. aid of the Lucha Brothers, who are both baby faces. And it mm-hmm. seems like this is the long-term next challenger. I would not be surprised if this match didn't happen at full gear at the next mm-hmm. pay-per-view. Or it's because all out and full gear have like the shortest gap between them. It's like two months between the pay-per-views, whereas yeah. other ones have like three, four, or five months between them. So if we can hold off and have that match on pay-per-view, I'd really love that. But there's a lot of history between these two teams working in impact. I think uh, they've worked in other promotions as well, but they do really good together. And I'm really excited to see them in AEW ring. Yeah, totally. I really enjoyed impact tweeted out to be like, Hey, do you remember in 2019 when it was the Lucha Rose versus LAX? <laughs> what weird timing that we tweet about this now. Yeah. Just, they, they, them just they being like, Hey, we did it first. It's yeah. It's like at WrestleMania when Drew was facing Bobby and they were like, Hey, remember when Drew Galloway faced Bobby <laughs> Lashley for the impact title? <laughs> Yeah, that's great. Um, but uh, yeah, that was very cool. Uh, we then got some video promos for uh, Danielson versus Omega. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm excited. Ah, so excited. Dream, match. dream match on TV. It's only like four days away. Let's go. It's going to be great. Uh, then we got, oh God, what was after that? Was it Anna J next? I didn't make any notes again for Rampage. Yes. It was uh, it was Anna J and the Bunny because mm. Matt Hardy was working triple overtime on this show. That's right, it was. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so it was Anna J versus the versus the Bunny. This was again a fine match. There wasn't anything too flashy, nothing too crazy, but Anna J looked pretty good, um, and she got the win, which is very good uh, with the the roll victory. And then they had the the angle afterwards where uh, Bonnie used the brass knucks and knocked out both Ty Conti uh, and Anna Jay. So her and Penelope Ford stood tall at the end. It wasn't Penelope Ford that used the knucks. Sorry, I forget. Penelope Ford used the knucks, yes. That's right. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, and uh, yes, and they, they stood tall to end the segment and it was good. Yeah. It's good stuff. There's There's been like a few of these matches on Rampage where if I was booking the show because it's only one hour, I would probably put more of the high profile matches on this show as opposed to some of these like kind of mid to lower tier card matches on the show, just to get the hype up for, for shows like mm-hmm. this. That being said, if you're going to put this match on here, I think that they at least met expectations, possibly exceeded them. I think this was a good little match. This yeah. is among the lower tier women's feuds in the company right now. 
but they're still giving it time to go out there and tell their story and lead to the next chapter and do different things like that. And I, I really like that. I can really appreciate the amount of time that they're giving these women to go out there and tell their story, even if it's not about the AEW women's title. So you book a women's division tempest. I, it's crazy, isn't it? Oh my isn't God. All these, all these people it? talking about oh, AEW women's division so much worse than WWE's. I'm not saying that it's perfect. Uh, it's getting better. One's trending upwards, the other's trending downwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, isn't it crazy that if you book women's feuds like their men's feuds, it just works? Isn't that weird? It just works. Crazy. Just works. Wild. Yeah. Um, then after that, um, Matt Hardy had a promo where he was setting up uh, his Orange Cassidy feud by there was a guy. Uh, in the front row, who's clearly a, a plant, who is dressed as Orange Cassidy, uh, and that really annoyed Matt Hardy, so he brought him in, cut his massive ponytail he has, and um, was it Jack Evans? Started uh, yeah. shaving his hair off as well. Clearly leading to a hair versus hair match. Orange Cassidy comes out to make the save. Bit late, because, you know, guy's already had his ponytail and half of his head shaved, but nice try. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then they, he, he stands, has to stare off with Matt Hardy, Probably going to lead to a hair versus hair match before long. If I have my way, what mm -hmm. I want out of this is for Matt Hardy to get shaved bald and mm -hmm. for that to break him. Yes. We get broken, bald-headed Matt Hardy, and we get like a proper run for broken Matt Hardy in AEW. You know, yeah. one with fans where we can do fun stuff, not during a pandemic where there's no crowd interaction with people saying delete and stuff. Mm. I don't know that that's the direction we're going, but I'd like that. I would like that. I think that's a fun thing to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then after that, I believe it was the main event, wasn't it? Of uh, no, we got the Ruby Soho and Britt Baker. Of course we did. God, how could I forget? Best thing on Goodness the show. Me. Yeah, the actual best thing on the show. Holy crap! How could I forget? Promo battle between Ruby Soho and Britt Baker. This was awesome. God, this was great. <laughs> I this was, was oh, so great. I said to Tempest just before we went live today, I was like, I haven't watched very many promo segments because I don't keep up necessarily with AEW, every AEW show week to week. There might be the odd one where I'm like, I've got some time. I'll watch Dynamite this week, but I don't necessarily watch it every single week. I haven't come out of a, a proper promo battle like this and gone, oh, I really want to watch this match in quite some time. There's been segments that I thought were really good or like I really appreciated the person's promo or... I really like how it furthered someone's character or I like the content or the delivery or something like that. But it's been very rare that I come out of a promo segment, like a promo battle like this and going, oh, I really want to see these two fight. And it was this that made me go, I really now want to see this match. They did so, so well putting across the intensity of both of them. They both had great lines, great delivery. Oh, it was good. So many good shots taken at each other as well. It was awesome. It was, it was so good. I mean, they went back and forth. Ruby Soho said, you know, you're just like every other person, every other broad that stood across from me. And I, I don't, don't call women broads in 2021, but in a wrestling promo, I think that's like a really funny word. Mm -hmm. It's just, it just sounds so odd. It's like yeah. from a year, a hundred years ago. But anyway, she says, you're just like every other broad that stood across the ring for me. You're selfish, you're entitled, and you're banging some dude in the back. And everyone goes, oh, you know, like you could definitely tell like they were they were going out there to 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 shoot cowboy a little bit. 
but well, she, no, nothing here was like overtly disrespectful that there would be problems not, in the back. It was just a exactly. really good blur the lines wrestling promo. Yeah. Then Britt Baker, Britt Baker says, uh, you want to be the runaway. Well, you didn't run away, Ruby. You were fired. And everyone mm. goes, oh, it's true. She's kind of right, you know. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But then Ruby can come back and, and say, like, yeah, I was fired, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me because now I'm here. And everyone goes, yay. Yeah, exactly. Like, they allowed the baby face not to just completely get torn down by these promos and actually had her, you know, rebut a number of these points and come out looking better yeah this was a home run promo segment and i I must ask the question again yep how how do you not push this person how do you not see the star power in ruby soho she's so different she's a good wrestler she can cut a good promo what more are you looking for i don't know man i don't know she's great and I think I think not only I think Ruby this really benefited Ruby especially because she's only recently coming to AEW. There's a lot of fans that still kind of wait and see what she can do properly, and this really sold people on Ruby as a character. This also benefited Brit. Both of them look so much better coming out of this segment, and I'm so looking forward to their match. I think it's going to be fantastic. Can't wait. Yeah. You know what's kind of funny about AEW is hmm. we know that like everyone. Not everyone, but like a lot of the top talent in AEW can cut really good promos. Like AEW is kind of built off of good matches and good promos with mm-hmm. so many guys that can do that. It's not very often that we get the dueling promo segment where it's just two people are going to go out and go back and forth and have a promo. But when they do announce it in advance, I look forward to this stuff as much as I do matches. Because I know that the promos in AEW are on par with the matches in AEW. Mm-hmm. They're that good. So when you give me like a knock it out of the park 10 out of 10 promo battle segment, I'm going to tune in and watch that. This was probably the thing I was like most looking forward to going into the show as well. And it more than delivered. Mm-hmm. So good. So, so good. Lo- love both of them. I love that AEW just lets them talk. And doesn't overly script stuff. They can do a little, a little shoot, little shooty shoot. This is good. Loved it. Um, mm. And then we got the main event. I think. God, I really yeah. need to start taking notes for Rampage. <laughs> uh, we got the main event of Mira versus Fuego del Sol. Fuego had his car on the line. Yeah. Not, not sold on that stipulation at all. Doesn't really add anything for me. But hey, it's like a stipulation from like forty years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say. Definitely feels like a stipulation from the eighties. Um, yeah, but sure uh the, the one where he was actually fighting for a contract and a job was i thought way more emotionally um impactful mm-hmm. but um yeah so he he came out they had what i thought was a very fun match um fuego still was very much just kind of like scrambling to try and get offense in a lot of the time it was just like oh i can push him into the post here i can just like maybe i'll just hit a moonsault kind of thing like he, he very kind of like scrappy just getting the offense in before Miro would come back again and be on top always taunting the crowd like playing with his food a little bit in the match which is really really fun uh, extended squash match essentially um fuego did get in a little bit of offense but Miro managed to win with a, a double super kicks or whatever he calls them now not the Matchka kicks anymore, I don't think, but whatever. Um, but wins with a couple of those. It was really cool. 
After the match, he then takes the car keys for Fuego's car, puts them in Fuego's mouth, locks in the game over. Out comes Sammy Guevara to um, to make the save. And it looks like we're going to get Sammy Guevara versus Miro as the next TNT Championship title picture. Cool. All good, good stuff. All good stuff. I love Miro so much. Yeah, he he is a perfect wrestler. He is. He's I, so I, good. I, I think about this kind of stuff and and like the criteria in my mind. Also, yes, God damn right there was. There was a follow-away slam, and it was a great follow-away slam. <laughs> it was so great. Miro is genuinely one of my favorite wrestlers. I think he's a perfect wrestler. I have a big smile on my face anytime he cuts a promo. I love his matches. Mm-hmm. He's just He's just great. I thought Fuego looked good in the match. The last match they had was like a sprint. It was just mm. a five-minute breakneck pace. He comes out of the gate quick, hits the Tornado DDT. Oh, let me get a win real quick. Doesn't get the win and then is immediately killed. I yeah. liked that match a lot more than I liked this one. That's fair. I still thought this was good. Like, I thought Fuego obviously showed his talent. They did the... He's trying to avoid getting, like, a quick loss. He was trying to you know, maneuver his way around and 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 be agile and reverse Miro's moves into getting his finish. And it just never worked that way. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Sammy Guevara and Miro. I think I wouldn't have booked this originally because I thought that Jungle Boy should have been the person to, to beat Miro for the TNT title. But if Sammy Guevara is that person, I don't think that's uh, a bad decision either. Mm. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh, and Mira's little promo because they do the the dual screen promos before the main event for every episode of Rampage, which I really like. It's like Rampage's thing. It's like yeah. a distinct thing for the main event. You do a little dueling screen promo thing with Mark Henry. It's really cool. Um, and the line from Miro in that, I celebrate my victories with my God up high and my wife down low. Oh, Miro, he's, you're so good. He's the greatest man to ever live. <laughs> I'm telling you, when he like three or four weeks ago, he said that. Uh, my God will love me because I am the redeemer, and my wife will love me because I am the champion. I was like, did just I love this man with every so fiber good. of my being. He is just the most entertaining man to ever live. He's so good. I love Miro so much. Yeah. Uh, and it was another another great episode of Rampage. Like the opening tag match for the tag titles was a solid match with a really cool ending the uh the women's match was again solid about what you expected from from that kind of match good solid stuff giving given time as well to actually develop the story which is great the uh danielson omega video packages were great the brit ruby segment was mm, so good uh mm. and then the main event was great this is a good show this is like a four out of five show this is great really yeah enjoyed. Aside from the the promo battle, I didn't think anything on this show warranted like going back and rewatching the whole show by any means. But if you did that, you're not going to be disappointed because it's a good show. That's all I want out of Rampage is I don't want my time to be wasted. I just want to see an hour of good wrestling. And I've gotten that every single time. So it might not be the most mind-blowing thing that you're going to see the entire week, but it's good wrestling. And that to me is enough for a four to five. Before we get into the rest of your Ultra Chats, we need to say thank you 
to some very special people. Those are our $25 and above pledge hammers over on our Patreon page. If you've not been over to our Patreon page yet, you should. Loads of extra bonus content, loads of cool stuff. You get your own shout-outs, you get uh, bonus shows. Luke and Ollie reviewing a Ring of Honor show this month. Also, Extravaganza 8. I was going to say 6, but it's from 2016. Also, Extravaganza 8. Uh, and then uh, Russell Talk After Dark coming later. Fan Quiz Mania coming next week. All sorts of stuff. And if you pledge at the $25 tier or above, you get your own custom wrestling nickname and it gets read out on a show much like this one. So thank you to A Song of Icefire 352. Yes, Ooh. thank you very much. King RK Jones. Yes, thank you very much. Skyhawk V1. Yeah. Thank you. Probably better than Kyle, Philip O'Reilly. It's a bold claim. It's a bold claim. Infinite Crisis, Chris Jenkins. Yes. Thank you very much. All-Star, Chuck Turner. Yes. Thank you. The Pim Particle, Terry Hankamer. Woo! Yeah. Thank you very much. John J13 Napier. Woo! Thank you very much. Chris Hellfire Brimstone. Woo! Yeah. Thank you. We're going on a Brian Huntley. Yes, we are. Thank you very much. The real boss, Matt Robinson. Yeah. And finally, Probocop. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you to all of our $25 and above pledge hammers. Let's get into the rest of your ultra chats here and see what you guys thought about SmackDown and Rampage. Eternal Blue says, I have no idea how people voted a high three for this show. After watching AEW exclusively for over a year, I was working somewhere last night that had Fox on TV. How can anyone watch this low-budget Bollywood action film put through a blender and be happy? It's a good question. Long people to ask. Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know, man. It's... Hmm. I know they are appealing to different audiences. I would consider AEW vastly superior. That's all. I just think it's a much better show. And I don't ask I don't ask questions of AEW like, why is this done in this order? That bit doesn't make sense. Why is this thing happening? The the criticisms I have of AEW are like, I wouldn't I don't necessarily agree with this booking decision or something like that, which is valid criticism if not everything is going the way you thought the story would go or something like that. That's fair. You're gonna have that about every show. But I don't question the logic of AEW. I don't question the book. I don't question the um, like why things don't make sense or the pacing or the amount of recap packages or stuff like that. Yeah, it again, it's like we keep talking about like the little minus ones that bring down mm. a WWE score in your mind. Yeah. AEW has a few of their own, but it's far fewer. They don't have the bad camera work. They don't have the bad commentary. They don't have the stupid pacing and structuring that just doesn't make any sense. They don't have authority figures belittling the wrestlers. It's just the little things that throughout the show will go like, oh, my God, this again. Oh, mm -hmm. oh my God, this again. I'd never feel that way watching AEW. It might happen like once a show, maybe once every other show. And at that point, I'd be like, oh, okay, let's wait for this to be over. And then, okay, we're back to a good show. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Lakshmi 
Narasiman B. I really need to work on that name if you're going to keep uh, ultra-chatting in. Uh, Seth's current heel run is what he should have been doing in 2015. 2015 heel Rollins was good in the ring, but with a pretty meh character booking and that laugh. Gosh, that nightmare-inducing 2015 heel Seth Rollins laugh. <laughs> I was waiting for that one. Yeah. I, I liked Seth Rollins back then. I'm sorry. I really liked his character. That laugh was anger-inducing, and that was good. It was... I really liked him as part of the authority. I thought he was good. Um, yeah. Brian Moore. Extreme Hi, Rules. I met him in Chicago. Oh, nice. Awesome. Uh, Brian Moore says, Extreme Rules is next week. They have six matches announced, and zero of the matches have a stipulation. <laughs> I, I have been meaning to bring that up. It's it's. I didn't even register. Didn't yeah. even register that. Oh, God. Also, High Tempest was great meeting you at All Out. Hashtag Jam That Jam. Likewise, my dude. Likewise. That's, you know, I was just looking at the card earlier because I was thinking about what I might, I'm starting to think of, uh, you know, I'm going to be defending my championship against someone. haven't decided who yet. Um, I was starting to think about what I might be predicting, what might be like my first prediction, you know, champions advantage and all that stuff. And I was like, man, this is actually a really hard card to predict. Apart from like a couple matches, maybe. It's like Damian Priest and Sheamus. Like, I mean, it's probably Priest, but Sheamus could win. And it's like Charlotte Flair versus Alexa Bliss. It's like, I don't know. Do they like Alexa enough? Or it's like, Becky Bianca. I'm like, Becky, yeah. got that one. I know that one. And it's like, even, I'm pretty confident that Reigns is going to beat Balor. But there's the part of me that's like, but what if Lesnar shows up? And then he like costs and then the demon beats Reigns, I'd hate it. I don't think it'd be a very good choice, but it could happen. You know, there might be like a one or two percent chance of it happening, but it's there. So it's like I don't, I don't know if there's like an out and out like obvious one to pick first, apart from Becky and Bianca. Yeah, it's and Becky's winning. It's been a long time since I was excited for like Extreme Rules to come up because I used to be like twelve years ago, or whatever. When every match would have like a cool stipulation, you'd have one of them would be a ladder match, one of them would be a, a stretcher match, one would be a first blood match, one would be a false count anywhere match, one would be a Singapore cane match. And it's just like, oh, that's so cool! I can't wait for the the one Singapore cane match, or I can't wait for the one TLC match. Now it was just like there would be four matches that are all extreme rules, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever, yeah, who cares? It makes me not honest. care about things. I'll be honest, I forgot. I know that I've been saying that it is Extreme Rules. I forgot that the Extreme Rules pay-per-view should probably have some Extreme Rules matches on it. Or, you know, no DQ, or tables, or ladder, or anything. Mm -hmm. I genuinely kind of forgot, because I just see yeah. it as another show. It used to be one of the, like, two gimmick pay-per-views they would have. It was mm. like Extreme Rules and Night of Champions, where you'd watch those and be like, ooh, this is the crazy one. Or, ooh, this is the one where title changes are going to happen. Yeah. Who cares? Whatever. Uh, talking about AW Rampage now, uh, the Kentucky Kid says, I was at the Cincinnati show, first live show ever, and it was such a good time. Mox and Pillman Jr. finished the show in the ring, sharing a beer, and sent the crowd home happy. Don't understand why it's such a difficult concept for WWE. I know! Crazy, right? I know. What a novel concept. Letting people yeah. be happy going to your yeah. show. Uh, Nate S <laughs> says, uh, Tempest, where do you rate Miro's fallaway slam? He just chucked Fuego on the outside. Also, Pete, glad you enjoyed my name change proposal for the new LIW 2.0. I saw that was a very funny tweet. Thank you, Nate. Yeah. Um, uh, great fallaway slam. Mm. Fantastic. Brilliant, man. Absolutely fantastic. Loved it. Uh, Mayor of Painesville Dan says, uh, I love this episode of Rampage because the characters come off so strong again. 
Uh, from Matt Hardy. AEW is really good at making characters engaging and you get rewarded for watching next week. Crazy concept. However, Eddie versus Miro is better than Sammy versus Miro. Maybe. Yeah. You haven't seen Sammy versus Miro yet. Precisely. I do like the characters, though. Like, wh- especially when Andrade uh, cut his promo on Dynamite and he was talking mm. about how he's like the kingpin and he looks all suave and everything. I was like, God, the characters here are just so cool. Like, mm-hmm. you've got Miro's the, the the Redeemer. You've got Andrade as the Kingpin. You've got Malachi Black as whatever he is, and just different guys like this. I was like, these characters are all so different, but they're all so cool, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I, yeah. I'm really into all of them. And what's wild is how WWE loves having, like, it's all about the characters. It's all about the characters. Mm-hmm. Everyone feels so samey on the main roster. <laughs> Because yeah. they all wrestle the same and they all talk the same. So even if they look superficially different, they're all the same people at, at the core. Whereas in AEW, a lot of people look somewhat similar, but the characters are so different. Ah, it's yeah. Good. Anyway, I love it. Yeah, love it. And uh, NXT, you've got like, hey, I'm Tony D'Angelo. I'm a guy <laughs> from Chicago. I'm a mobster. My family's been running Chicago for years. I could be out of the 1920s. Let me help you with prohibition. And I was like, why do I want to see you wrestle? You're a caricature. You're not a, a character. Yeah, and that's the difference. WWE, yeah. they got stupid ass characters that are like written yeah. in a children's book. Yeah. Uh, Lakshmi Nah, hmm. Lakshmi Nah, <clears throat> Lakshmi Narasiman, Narasiman, Narasiman. Sorry, because it's all it's it's written in a weird font. I'm calling out moderator Rob for using a weird font today. <laughs> That's why. Curious about one thing though. While the Impact Championship was showcased, Moxley didn't show up on Dynamite with the GCW title. Also, if not for Suzuki Goon, maybe Moxley versus Gage for the title. I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who wants that on AEW TV. Um, I don't know if they do like a proper working relationship with GCW. I know obviously their talent can appear there because you've had yeah. Moxley and stuff appear there, but I don't know if they have like a proper working relationship going. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like AEW has a working relationship with Impact. I don't think they have one specifically with GCW, but they just like mm-hmm. allow talent to go both ways. But it is interesting. I, w- I would be curious to see if Moxley will come out holding the belt at any point. Yeah. But like once you do that, then you start getting into like some sort of politics between companies where it's like you're not allowed to have your champion lose and and such and such. Like I think that was a big part of like the New Japan relationship where you know Moxley was the the U.S. champion. It's like once you do that, he can't really lose too many matches. And then same thing if he was to go to New Japan as AEW champion, you can't have him lose because you're top champion. It's just it's very complicated. Yeah. Uh, the. Phoenix, the Phoenix, the Phionix. <laughs> I don't know. This rampage really set the future for the inner circle with PMP and Sammy chasing titles. Now, unrelated. I'm so happy you uh, like the LIW 2.0 logo I designed. Been having serious design block for the last few months. Felt inspired this morning. Thank you. That was very cool. Thank you for tweeting that. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoyed that. Yes, thank yes. you. Very, very good. Uh, and a last minute one from JS Wooten that says, why I love AEW. Fuego's defeats against Miro have created a blueprint for how to beat him. Eddie used it and Sammy will use it to win. Love that storytelling. Love that storytelling. That sweet, sweet storytelling. Mm-hmm. God, I love storytelling. It's the best, isn't it?
Tempest. Yeah. I haven't I haven't said this anywhere yet. I didn't I didn't tweet it. I didn't I didn't mention this anywhere else, so I figured I'd mention it here. This morning, all right, I was uh was set up I, I did a load of stuff in advance yesterday. I set up all my, my camera and my green screen and stuff yesterday evening so that by the time it got to today, when I'd have to record all my home stuff for, for the um, editor review for SmackDown in the morning and stuff like that, it was all ready to go and I didn't have to waste time getting the setup sorted. I needed to do some test stuff with the lighting and all that stuff to make sure it looked okay because we had some issues last week. So I did that all yesterday evening and I was like, this is great. This is perfect. The only thing I'll have to do in the morning once I'm good to go is I just have to move my monitor because my monitor just gets into the corner of the shop. So I just got to move my monitor out the way. All good. It's getting set up. Put the SD card in the camera. It's good to go. Move my monitor. Knocked my drink off the side of the desk. Spilled all over the floor. <laughs> it's oh, carpet. Pete. It's not good. Oh, Pete. And there's a whole bunch of things that are electric right next to my desk. Like the internet hub and all the wiring for my laptop and the monitor and my microphone. And everything was okay, thank God. <laughs> But Jesus Christ, I had a heart attack. Let me tell you. Um, mm-hmm. This is a day been... in the life of Pete Quinnell, everyone. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's been a morning. I was I was very stressed out from that, but uh, <laughs> thankfully everything was a okay. And now also my headset is dying, so I'm grabbing my charger because it's gonna it's gonna die. Sorry. Absolutely I'm, nailed I'm it. Absolutely I'm, nailed it. I'm so professional all the time. I I wish my life could be as exciting. And interesting is that mm-hmm. I really do. Unfortunately, I did not go and spend hours in a Denny's this week or, or something of that nature, or take another trip to Chicago and sing karaoke with a bunch of wrestling media folk. Mm-hmm. None of those things happened this week, unfortunately. So especially done- not as interesting as spilling a drink. <laughs> <laughs> this is the level we get to on this podcast. <laughs> This is what it's like in lockdown. Tell you what, people, we haven't gotten emails in a while. Send in some emails to support at wrestletalk.com. Send in some emails with like the, put the subject of the uh, of the email as like LIW or for SmackDown or NXT or whatever. And we will we'll see them and we'll read them out on the show because we haven't had emails in a while, and I want stuff to talk about, because as you can tell, when we're left on our own devices, it's not very exciting, because we don't lead very exciting lives. Um, no, because I've, I've been stuck in this house for the mm, last two years. Yeah, man. And I'm I, sick of it. I got, I, I got, like, nothing else, dude. I got nothing else going on, like, in my life at all. I'm, I'm literally trying to... You know what I did do? You know what I did do? Here's something we can talk about. Because um, I had the last two days off because I took them off in advance of the lot of work that I'm going to be doing in the next few weeks slash month uh, because someone is going to be going on paternity leave. Luke. Selfish. Um, so obviously we're going to have a bunch of work spread around everyone to, to do a, a lot more work, but it also coincides with the time where we're going to be doing live reactions for Extreme Rules, and that means we're going to have to do the podcast for you the next day, and I don't really have the time to take the time off after that, because I have other things I need to be doing. So I've taken my time off for that in advance. So as of Tuesday, I'm going to be working 12 days in a row. Hell yeah, can't wait. Um, but uh on thursday when i had my first day off out of the two i was feeling a bit down i was like eh, i'm not really feeling like doing much today i think i'm just gonna chill out 
So what I did was I watched, firstly, the Undertale 5th Anniversary Orchestra Awesomeness performance. So cool. Just doing the entire Undertale soundtrack, but orchestra. It's amazing. I love it. Watched the whole thing. It was beautiful. And then I watched Infinity War and Endgame back-to-back. That's a good day. It was a lot of fun, dude. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It was yep. really good because I've only—I think I've only seen Infinity War maybe twice before that, and <laughs> I wanted to watch it again because I was like, man, like I—I I know everything about it. Like I was obsessed with it when I did watch it, but I don't—I never really went back to rewatch it that much. And I was like, I—I I should do that. It's a really good movie. So I was like, I'm gonna—I'm just gonna put that on because it seems like fun. And then after I finished it, I was like, well, I guess I'll watch Endgame now because. <laughs> Why yep. not, right? God, yep. that's so much fun. It's so much fun. I cried like a bitch again. Oh, it's good. Yeah. movies. Oh man. I I went to see Infinity War six times in the theaters. So good. Six times. And I can't tell you how many times that I've seen that movie since it's been, mm-hmm. you know, released post movie theater. And then I think I went to see Endgame like four times in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a special time. I also went yeah. to see. Um, this is kind of an interesting story. I went to see Endgame midnight release mm-hmm. the day that it came out because I was like, I am not waiting one minute more mm-hmm. to find out what happens to my precious Spider Boy. Yeah, and I went to see it with my girlfriend at the time. Yeah, and I was learning to drive. I would okay. say at the time, uh, I I had been driving. I had gotten. I don't know how licenses and everything work in the UK, but uh, here you get your G one license, where you can drive with an experienced driver. You can drive around like city roads and stuff like that. Pretty standard, but you're not supposed to drive on the highway. And you're not supposed to drive alone and everything. And I had just gotten my G2, which basically mm-hmm. has like no restrictions on it, uh, except like you can't have any alcohol as opposed to like very little or whatever the case. Right. Not not an issue for people that are smart enough not to drink and drive. But yeah. this, I had just gotten my mm-hmm. G2 like maybe that week or a week earlier or so. And the movie theater shut down the buses in transit to get my girlfriend at the time home. So the only options were for me to drive her to her place, which Mm -hmm. was 30 minutes away on the highway or pay like a ridiculous price for an Uber. Cause this was at this point, like 1am. Right. And I was like, I don't want to do either of those things. This this, (laughs) this is scary. This is scary. I don't want to do that. And she was like, well, doing one or the other. And I was like, okay, we can try. And that was the first time I ever drove on the highway Mm -hmm. after having watched Endgame. And I was like, white knuckle. (laughs) I've never gone this fast before in my life. Oh, my God. And it's of amazing. course, like you do it like one time and then you get back, you do it a second time, and then it's it's not scary anymore. You it's just fine, like, yeah, you know, you get used to it. But the first time, like like everything looks like it's moving so fast, like all the signs are just whizzing by you, and everything's happening so quick. And she was like, 
oh, that's a funny license plate. I was like, shut up. I'm not looking at the license <laughs> plate right now. I'm trying to focus. I can't do this right now. But made it all the way there in one piece, made it all the way home. And I think like two days later, I drove like five hours on the highway just for practice. Nice. Yeah. Well, but the most important I, part is Spider-Man lived. Spider-Man, spoilers, Spider-Man lived. Yeah. Um, I hope you know that I really resisted making the joke about the G1 when you talk yeah. about your G1 license. So you're welcome. It's okay. I, yeah. Um, you could say that driving on the highway was the climax of my night. Oh, there it is. Uh, yep. <laughs> speaking of the G1, isn't it? Open that started tonight. tonight. Yeah, yeah, that started this morning. I that was wa- completely yeah. took me by surprise because I was like, wait, I thought it was like, should have already happened or is later? Like, I did not expect it yeah. to be now, but I guess yeah. it is. Typically, it's like in the summer, but yeah. because, because of the Olympics last year and then COVID and everything, it got pushed mm-hmm. back to the fall. And then they didn't do the Olympics last year and they did the Olympics mm-hmm. this year. So they pushed it to the fall again. I hope they move it back to the summer. But yeah, I was just like working and, you know, doing my wrestle talk stuff last night. And I was like scrolling through Twitter and stuff. I was like, oh God, the G1 starts in like an hour, which I have I haven't watched any of. So I will probably watch that later today. But like mm. I don't know. I'm just kind of down on New Japan right now. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's really, really sad. Depressing, you know? It's, AEW, sad it's the G1. Really like, yeah. It should, oh, I don't know. AEW took that sad. spot in my heart. And yeah. it's not like I could have both if they were both doing great, but New Japan's just not doing great anymore. And it's really no. sad, and I don't like that. But you can't be great forever, I guess. No. You know? if they Maybe they'll turn it around. fans cheering again. They can get mm. the COVID thing under control and have people cheering in the buildings. At least then I would feel like it was actual wrestling. Because I hate mm. just sitting there and they're like in a chin lock and it's just dead silent. And there's nothing. Yeah, I feel Yeah. Like. Well, hopefully they can turn it around. Fingers crossed for New Japan. Um, go to goddamn Wrestle Kingdom one of these days. Let's get which, it under control. Which one of the three nights will you be going to? Oh, dear Lord. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. I'll just go to a G1 show. Yeah, I was going to say that's probably much better. Dominion. Uh, Anyway, that is going to do it for this episode of the SmackDown and Rampage podcast. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Really do appreciate it. We've got Extreme Rules next week. We've got predictions and live reactions next week as well. It's going to be a very good time. Uh, So subscribe to Rustle Talk Podcast YouTube channel and stay tuned for more podcast content. Thank you very much for listening. We love you very much. Stay safe. We love you. I already said that, but we love you. Goodbye. We love you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.